I'm Joe, and you are listening to Take a Break with UK charity Breaks Young People. Finn and Mary Ann and myself were recently lucky enough to interview Jade Barnett. She has used her own experiences of care to really advocate for other young people as a public speaker and ambassador. She has been involved in some amazing projects and is really inspiring. But just as a heads up, she does talk about sadly losing a friend under traumatic experiences. So come back to this episode another time if you aren't feeling in the right headspace today. Enjoy episode five with Jade, Finn and Marianne. Um, can you tell us about your care experience and when you first came into care? My care journey started when I was 15, I believe. I went into care due to just living with my dad. My dad and my stepmom at the time had like a separation and my dad was not ma- managing to look after me and meet my essential needs. So um, I was in a people referral unit at the time and I kind of disclosed everything I was going through with support worker that was attached to our centre and um, yeah I got put into care like that. My first placements were in London, um, not far from where I was living but they weren't the best placements so they ended pretty quickly. Then I moved to a home with a family that was very much similar to my own family so I got on really really well with them but due to um, my outdoor I guess interactions with like other young people and my boyfriend at the time and um, I ended up getting into a a, a traumatising situation where someone that I know had got stabbed and um, I basically had to because I was there on the scene and I basically had no choice but to leave London due to my safety um, so after moving from London I got placed in Birmingham Moved to Birmingham for six months, um, had a placement there. I was in school for probably about three weeks, but that placement got broke down really quickly due to, I guess, all the trauma and all the stuff that I was going through that I wasn't getting support with and then having to move away from everybody that I once knew and kind of close to um, to then get moved to Birmingham. Um, I came home from school one day and... All my stuff was packed up and my social worker was there and I knew something was going on. So um, I tried to run, (laughs) but um, it obviously wasn't successful due to the fact that I basically had nothing to run with. And um, they told me I'd be moving to Blackpool for two weeks to live in a residential home. Two weeks turned into a year and a half. So I spent majority of my end of year 11 and my first year of college um, in Blackpool. And then eventually after fighting the stick in my ground and just, I guess, turning my life around, I was able to move back to London. So, and by that time, I was pretty much on my way to leave care. Um, I got my semi-independent flat and now I'm living in my my house now, which I've been living in since I was 19. Yeah, that's like a summary of like my journey in care. What was your biggest challenge when you were leaving care? I think my biggest, because I was always very independent. I was very, I wanted to live by myself from when I was 16. That was something I was adamant to. Um, But due to everything that was going on, um, I wasn't able to get my semi-independent until I moved back to London. I think the hardest thing to even care was just not knowing how, like, adult life works. So not being aware of, like, you know, Taxes, pay slips, paying for gas, paying for water, paying for electric, um, 
when I was in my semi-independent, I didn't have to do any of that. I just had to basically buy food for my house. Um, but when you leave care and you get your own place, it's a total different ball game. And there's no one... Well, you're meant to have a PA, but my PA wasn't the greatest PA. So there's no one really to reach out to to support you with what it takes to actually live and run a household and also take care of like your mental well-being and, you know, finding jobs that are in line with your values and not just for money and inviting people back to your space and respecting your home. Like, it's a lot to take on when you've just, you know, got a lot on as a experienced young person anyway. So I think it was just navigating that other world once I left care and feeling like because I was so independent, no one was willing to support me um, the way that I needed to be supported. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of nods from uh, from the guys in the chairs here. Is that a similar like experience that, that you guys have had? Yep. Yeah, it is. Like, I'm very fortunate to have break support whilst I'm moving. Um, but what support did you receive? Uh, not much. Probably just from, like, friends and family. When I moved into my semi-independent um, flat, there was, like, an organisation that basically was, like, owners of the flat. And um, I had a youth worker, she would visit me once a week and she was pretty proactive in helping me like understand that like, when I got a job, like my taxes and, you know, she visited me when I first got my first flat and made sure it was all good. I think her support and just support of like my outer network outside the care system was probably the support that I received, but internally not much. You do a lot of um, advisory work and advocacy work and things like that. And we were just really interested about how you got involved in this and, and what kind of motivated you to, to be a part of these things. Being in Blackpool made me realise like where my passion lies and where my purpose was and why I would never want any other young person to have to go through what I went through. So when I came back to London, I was, I've always wanted to be a presenter. So I always wanted to speak to people and interview people. And I thought, you know what, if there's something that I can do to help and support young people is to become a youth advocate. So I remember getting sent, like I've always been involved in like youth boards or um, like my sister was a youth worker when I, when I was growing up. So I always went to youth work with her and youth clubs. And I saw the opportunity for um, working with the VRU as a member of the Young People's Action Group. When I started at that group I didn't even really know what to expect it was kind of like oh wow like I'm working with the mayor like I wonder what this is going to be like I remember doing my interview and being so worried about it and then getting told it was like one of the best interviews that they had that day and then receiving a prize for it and then from then I knew like I needed to utilize this youth group in order for me to move up and what I want to do supporting young people so through that I was able to just really find my purpose and really hone into what I want to deliver and what I want people to feel when they hear my story or what I want young people to be inspired by or motivated by. And through the VRU, I basically found that youth work and um, advocating for care leavers and looked after children is something and school exclusion, so the education being, like, inclusive practice, so, you know, showing equality and equity and realising that context behind a young person is important for them to um, have a successful adult life in the way that we support them. So, 
yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. I've grown so much just within this space. Like, I have my own youth event running next month, um, which is something that I've always wanted to do again. Like, I've always wanted to be a host presenter. And um, just the fact that now I'm doing it for a cause that is really important to me and really close to my heart, it's like, it's a bit surreal. And to just think at one point I was definitely a young person that didn't engage with anyone and had challenges and was getting arrested and and felt pregnant at one point. It was a lot going on in my life to now being a lot more stable, like financially, mentally, physically. Um, yeah, it just feels really good. So I hope that like the work that I do do is um is empowering to young people and they see that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Young people can find politics a bit off-putting. Can you tell us a bit more about the work you have done with the Mayor of London? Our education conferences and our summits are to do with highlighting inclusive practice and reducing school exclusions. Again, that's something that's really, really close to my heart. Just being involved in those conferences, being on the panel, speaking to um, every member that is part of youth work, part of education, employed by local authorities or councils or police officers. Um, it's me basically encouraging them to do better for their young people. Through the VRU, we've also had meetings with Scotland, at Scotland Yard with the Met Police on working on their knife imagery. So um, sometimes the Met Police decide to post knives that they have confiscated from young people in certain areas. And we were very adamant that that's not the right way to go um, because not only does it scare other young people and it influences revenge, it not only does it put... It puts more fear within their community... We kind of want to involve parents and carers in everything that we do with young people because at the end of the day, even though a young person might have a mentor, the work still needs to be carried on at home and it's good for parents and carers to understand what's going on in their community and in their young people's lives. I feel a lot more prepared for what's to come in my future because I've gotten so much networks and like key connections that they approach me directly now to like new speaks or conferences or talks or workshops. It's been a great journey, even though it's come with its challenges. Yeah, I'd love to kind of um, pick up on that a bit as well. Like, do you do you find the sort of attitudes are changing towards um, getting young people to to talk about their experiences and, and be part of these kind of discussions and, and decision-making from, from when you sort of first started to be involved in these things? Anywhere you go that's a youth organisation or has like a youth board, advisory board, there are always people in there who have always had the mindset that young people voices are vital. It's kind of like break. Like, you know, there's people probably in the room of you now who, you know, have always seen the importance of valuing young people's voice. But I think it takes, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take time for people who don't think like that to start thinking like that. And hopefully by the work that we do and other organisations do has started to do that. I feel like some companies like tick boxes, they want to be able to say that, you know, they've spoken to a young person or they included a young person, but not to the extent it actually should be. I have met a lot of practitioners and adults and cabinet members who are passionate. So maybe what the media puts out and what we see why we may not think that there's so many people that actually see the value in youth voice. I've seen your post recently about young people having to move miles away from the people and places they know 
Do you think this is the biggest issue facing care leavers today? There's a lot of big issues within the care system that are pretty big, such as like support that we get, like money that we get, like, you know, the care system's meant to be like, you know, our local authorities are meant to be our corporate parents. Does it feel like I'm I'm living like how you would in a I'm gonna put in you can't see my fingers, but like in little speech speech quotations, like what a normal family looks like. I don't feel like the care system has been evolved to do that. But in my experience, I would say, and as well speaking to like people that I know have been in care, it is a big issue. When I was in Blackpool, literally it got to a point where I was in the residential home. We had about five young people all at once and pretty much all of the young people at one point were all from London and majority of us were, were BAME young people as well. And to me, that's wrong. Like, where's the thick thought about you know, how this is going to impact a young person's life. So I would say in my personal experience, yes, because even though I can now look at Blackpool and see that it was an important part of my life and maybe me going away for a little bit was better for me, it should not have been down to someone else's decision. I should have been able to make that decision by myself. Well, do you know what, Jade? I just really want to thank you for your time. It's been amazing to hear it. Um, about all the work you do to, to make sure that young people's voices get to the, the people that need to hear it. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And just, I guess, shout out to the both of you interviewing me as well, because it takes a lot to just speak to someone that you don't even know as well. We just want to say a quick thank you to Candor, a creative agency in Norwich who funded our new podcast mics and mixing desk so the voices of Breaks young people can be heard clearly just as they should be. And thank you to the National Lottery for the desktop the group have been learning to edit on. It's great to have the support to make this podcast a reality.